percent. We at the park. <laughs> we at the park. I haven't talked. I haven't seen you, man. It's been uh, months, if not longer. No, it's been months. It's, it's been months. months. If, yeah. Um, I'm sitting with Smitty. <laughs> um, I guess I, you know, I just short intro. Zenergy, Zenergy. What do you call it? Entertainment now, right? Yeah, Zenergy. Yeah. Um, it's not. This is not really about music, but it is about music because Smitty's music, um, and he deals with a lot of musicians and stuff like that. But I wanted to talk about addiction, and I think you know it's probably best to talk about addiction, anyways, because of it being a heavy thing in music. Big time. Anything and it's becoming and it's becoming a lot more of a not just in music but a lot more thing with young folks and um which is really really like it's scary so like I met Smitty I met Smitty when um I'll never forget and this I knew I was like yeah, it's like yo man that boy love he he loves his son because I was like we <laughs> met at Aries when Aries was up and they're like oh you need to meet Smitty Smitty you need to meet Uni and. The, I remember, I was like, yo, I was like, hey, hey, nice to meet you. And the first thing you said to me, I said, oh, yeah, nice to meet you, too. You should meet my son. <laughs> like, like right away. That was like, that was like the first thing. He was like, yo, you should meet my son. And I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget this big dude with this big red hair. And then, you know, he had his back turned to me. And he was like, hey, what's up? You know, like that. And then that was like, um, that was the beginning. Yeah. You know, that was the beginning of, and then, um, like, even from the time that I met you and, and read, as soon as that happened, like, I noticed that it's like, I mean, it's typical, like, you know, a parent is going to push for their kid, push, 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 you know, but, um, I don't know. It was just, it was a little bit different because you were working with rock musicians right. and your, your son was in a total different thing of music. Yeah. And it's like, but you had his back. I mean, and even to this day, when I told you, it's like, yeah, I don't know much about hip hop and rap and stuff like that. But, um, but you know, um, yeah. And then so like, uh, you know, I meet, I meet, I meet Pierce, AKA Big Red and, um, automatically Big Heart, right? Cause like we're talking and, um, he's like, yo, I do these things. I do this and that. And it wasn't like normal, like when you meet a lot of rap guys. Because it's like, I do this and it's mine. It was like, yo, I do this, that, and the third. And, uh, hey, you want to do a show with me out in Pennsylvania? You know, like, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and at the time when I met him, I didn't know his, uh, struggle. Like at the time, I think he was 2008. Um, it was like ni 19. Are you sure it wasn't before? It might have been earlier than that. I think it was October. It was, it was, uh, it might have been 2000, I'm trying, like the Spit Heavy Metal video was maybe 2007. It might have been 2007, towards the end of the right, year. because I met you just after you shot the video. Yeah. So, yeah, so wow. Yeah. yeah, and so, and then, but like, I never knew that it didn't come out until later. Right. Like, after years later of us doing shows together, of, of doing things, him disappearing for a little bit and wondering what's going on. Um... Like I didn't, I, I didn't know that that he was dealing with something, and I didn't know how long because he was young then. Right. Um, like I don't know. Like what? Like what was? Wow. I don't. I mean, I don't even know the exact, you know, the exact time when 
when the heroin thing started, he had, um, you know, he loved weed. He loved weed, loved weed, loved weed, loved weed, loved weed. <laughs> um, you know, so he was always smoking, and that was that was never really an issue or a hassle. It was just it was a hassle for me because he was my son, and because it was illegal, and that was a problem. But other than that, it really wasn't an issue. Um, but I think I found out later. You know, like I said, I don't know exactly when it happened, but it turned out he had started messing with the pills, and then and that's when the pills graduated into the heroin. Um, but he had always had, you know, he was. Uh, he had had depression issues and things like that, um, and and that and that plays a part in it. And, you know, his lineage plays a part in it too. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's got a lot of addicts in, in his family. You said, like, oh, you said, you said you didn't even know until. No, I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't. Um, yeah, by the time I realized what was happening, it was, you know, he was he was well on his way into just. You know, being a an active user, um, so I kind of I found out about the pills and didn't realize didn't realize what the pills did. You know, I mean, and I'm a, you know I'm around a lot of people and and you know been around a lot of addicts and things like that. I didn't understand <laughs> at the point where where my son became a heroin addict. I didn't understand the direct relationship that. Percocets and oxys have to heroin. I didn't understand how it could graduate into that until it was already too late. And then I'm like, oh, you know, because I knew that there were situations where he had been taking Percocets and things like that recreationally. Um, and I would just tell him, like, you know, cut cut it out. Yeah, because those things are those, those things are fucking strong, man. Right. So. But I never, never realized that that was the natural progression, and that's how that that's how it happens for so many people. Did, did when like you, did, I, I guess like even signs of like just a different behavior, or is just like you just functioning normally, and then it's just like one day you get a call, or it's like, or it's just like, did you see us like, yo, you something's wrong, you're like. You see him one day, and it's like, yo, I know something is wrong, cause it, like, or um, he he made it a point to not really be around me that much, which was probably one one thing that kind of tipped me off was that he just wasn't around. Yeah, because I look back at pictures of you guys, even from being young, and he's always around you, always. like uh, everything that you had, like with the, all the musicians. Like I noticed that a lot, like you know, and that's what I mean about like like an undying love for your son, because yeah. it's like I see that all the time with you, like you know, it's always it's always about him and man, it's always about yeah. them all the time. Any anything I could have taken him to, I would take him to. Yeah. So. um uh, yeah, but that that was a big part of it. But it, everything was so much. There was so much going on because um, him and Liz had miles. So there was, you know, trying trying to get him on on point with that as far as having a job and, and taking care of things and him, you know, him actually moving out of my house, which was that was another thing. Right. You know, once he wasn't under my roof anymore, I didn't see him as much. Yeah. You know, so. Um, so it was it was hard for me to to see it you know it was really hard for me to see it on top of the fact that my assumption is it's not going to happen to my kid it's not going to be my kid that's that's something i'm never gonna have to worry about you know 
and especially coming from my theory was that what made sense to me in my mind not having the same kind of addiction issues is you know his mom had had addiction issues so seeing what we went through and what he had to go through with stuff with his mom there's no way that he would do this because that would be silly because he would know like he just saw yeah. it and would know yeah so come to find out later is it's not even within his control it's just kind of something that that happens there's there's something in his in his chemical makeup and in his, in his genetic makeup that makes him more likely to become an addict because of you know coming from an addict he's a, like he's like a predisposed predisposed yeah predisposed out to have an addiction issue I, I you know and this uh, this is probably not gonna make any sense but it's like like looking back or not even looking back, looking forward, because now you have you have grandkids, you know. And um, do you feel like I don't know, like any, like you would have did anything different, like or you could have did anything different? I mean, everybody, <laughs> you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I say that a lot in a lot of different situations, but this is probably the biggest one. You know, if if I knew then what I knew now, would I've done things different? Yeah. You know, but I, because it just wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar. Right. You know, I never would have thought it. I wasn't even thinking about it and didn't, didn't realize until going through getting him into rehabs and things like that. All, all these things that, that are just so common now for so many people, you know, um, I feel, I feel guilty for, keeping it from a lot of people for so long it's not something that i talked about and that that's a not so much an ego issue but you know it's just like you don't want to put your shit out there yeah i feel it's it it's privacy because right. you know i remember we didn't run into each other until uh somebody's video shoot at that boxing ring yeah 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 jd yeah. yeah and then and lo and behold, when you you just you came out, we were talking in the hallway, and then you told me, and it was like I didn't know. I was like, he just disappeared. I know he had the the deal, the record deal, and then it's like he just basically disappeared. And then that's when you told me like, yo, I've been going through this, and it's like you can't even be mad at that. It's like it's it's your child, right? And, and I, you, I told you, there's tons of people, so many of those people at that video shoot you know, are close to me and like family to me. I told you, and I never told anybody else, you know? Um, and uh, and that's so much that I've learned now through this that I try to help other people with now, um, you know, there's a stigma. There's a stigma that comes back on, on the family and the, and the siblings and the parents of, uh, of these people that, that get addicted and you don't want to tell people you you want it to be your, your secret and everything but now what we come to realize is it's happening to so many people you know it's like you know there, there are so many so many teenagers and 20-somethings dying from this stuff now like there's no reason to keep it a secret anymore so when this was happening to me you know i i didn't tell anybody i remember i remember being at the nam show i was in california and and um and I think it Pierce had gotten arrested, and uh, and it just it just all kind of came down on me because I was able to keep it together, 
keeping my mind busy working and stuff like that, especially being, being out there at the NAM show, I'm focused on everything out there. Um, but because I was with, you know, the, the people that I was with, you know, George from Negative Sky and Dawn and, and a couple other people that are, that are close to me beyond business, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I kind of broke down. We were in a rental car and I just, I kind of lost it. You know, it finally, it finally hit me how bad this was. You know, before I had thought, all right, it's something, heroin is something that he's messing with and, you know, we're going to get him off and everything will be fine. You know, he'll go to rehab and everything will be fine. You know, three rehabs later, four rehabs later, you know, he, you know, he's shoplifting, he's getting locked up for shoplifting. He, you know, amazingly, and never, never caught a drug charge, but he, you know, he got caught shoplifting a couple of times and things like that. Um, it, it's just, you know, I, I look back and see it all now, and if, if I knew then what I know now, you know, things would have been a lot different. I think things would have been You a lot think, different. guys, um, I got two questions, and I'm going to try to make sure I remember them both, but you think, because you're saying, like, if I knew what I knew now, I mean, knew then what I knew now, it's like, like with the grandchildren and stuff like that, is there a certain point, because they're all getting older, so is there a certain point that you give them the cold, hard, like you let them know what it is just so they're informed going forward? Or like, how does that add, like, because there's no right or wrong answer for something like this. Like, I mean, I, that has to be something that's in your mind to like, okay, what am I going to tell my, my grandkids about their father and about addiction and about these different things? All right. So, unfortunately, that the, that choice was taken from me because uh, maternal grandparents had decided they were going to tell the boys what happened and why. Um, I don't have a problem with them knowing. I don't think they needed to know and, right then. Right. They're young. Um, because at that point, we need... I think we needed to collectively come together as a family to try and make sure they understood, you know, they weren't old enough to understand really what death was, you know. Um, so, so they, I mean, they know, and there are times when it comes up, and, you know, as they grow up and when they want to talk about it, we talk about it. Um, you know, his boys are, are very, especially Miles, the older one, is very into music. He's, he's very much like his dad. Very, very much like his dad. dad <laughs> very much into his dad. Like, yeah. That's all he wants. He wants to, you know, I go pick him up. They get in my car. Can you put on daddy's music? We, you know, we listen to daddy's music. And, you know, did daddy like to do this? What, what was daddy's favorite color? What was daddy's favorite this? You know, and that's good. I want, I want him to be able to have some kind of connection. So I want to be able to answer any questions from him. I can. Um, but I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Yeah. But I don't. I won't be. I'm not going to be spending any fairy tales for him. Right. You know what I mean? You know. Uh, well, you know the reason I asked too because I, you know, like in a lot of families, like say somebody has an issue or somebody goes to jail. You know, they a lot of times when the kids are young, they'll be like, "Oh, he's in college" or this and that, and they don't want to. Yeah, I mean, we did that. We did that when Pierce was in rehab. You know. Yeah. You know that. Daddy's not feeling good. He's, you know, he's in the hospital. He's a little sick, you know, or, you know, daddy's, daddy's away for work. 
you know, we did that for a while. So I, mean, I, I think I, I switched him. I think he was, we had him away for work for a while in the beginning, and then it got to the point where we told him that Daddy was sick, and that's why he couldn't be around. Um, and that sucks, and that's hard. And, you know, my heart hurts for that. My heart hurts for that because Pierce loved those boys, and, and he really he wanted to be a good dad. He really wanted to be a good dad. And I think there, there are things that there are ways in which I was and am a good dad um, that he wanted to emulate. There, there are ways that you know he wanted to be different from me, but he definitely, he definitely wanted to be a good dad. I know he loved you to death, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean the feeling was mutual. I can't. That's my dude. I, I still talk to him every day, and I get mad at him every day, and I, I hurt for him every day, but. Um, you know, I got, I got Mandy, I got the boys, you know, I got all the grands and I got, you know, I got Max in North Dakota, I got, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have the people in my life that I have, my, my, my family, my, my, my biological family, my blood family and family with people that I'm close to. Um, and there's, there's now a different kind of bond with people that I'm close to, that were close with Pierce, you know, um, I feel like I, I share something special with you because um, there were a lot of times where you were kind of a conduit that you know Pierce and I spent a lot of time together and everything, but with you and with your involvement with you and because technically I introduced you or whatever, um, I was able to be closer to him with his music than I might have normally been because I was the rock guy. So, so I, I'm thankful for that, you know? Um, but I don't know. I'm thankful for even like, I don't know how it all like became us getting together because it was like, yo, without trying to, he, he made me have to step my game up. Like I'm older than him. So I'm older than him. And then I would always, cause my younger brother's not into it like how I'm into it, but Pierce is into the same thing I'm into, right? And so I would always be on him about something, especially I would see the extent that he would go. I mean, that you would go for him. So I would always be, I would always be digging into his behind. So much so he'll probably, you know, probably get mad every once in a while. Like, yo, we can hang out and do this thing third. But it was always a thing about, you know, let's, we gotta do man stuff too. It's just not music, it's man stuff. And it's like, um, so it, it and I, so I realized a lot about like being around him. Like, before I knew it was a thing because I was almost like a mentor in a sense, and before I knew. And then when, as I knew, it became, I don't know, it's, it's a parent mentor thing too, because I'm a parent too. A parent, an older brother, uh, everything. Yeah. Like, yo, you got to get your shit together. Like, this is not right. You know, it's like, this is not, it's very, and it used to be frustrating. Like one of the last shows I remember, cause he had just got back and there was the one in Asbury. And then like, yo, on the side, you know, we're all happy about, you know, performing and stuff. But on the side of the, the building, I was going in on them and then not going in like in the, it was nothing but love. But like, you know, that's just and that's just my approach. 
Like, just fire, like, yo, you know, like, yo, snap out of it, you know, if you're gonna do this, like, yo, you gotta do it, you gotta snap out, I remember we'd be in rehearsal, and sometimes I'll be like, because he was like, you know, he know he's a big boy and stuff like that, so it's like, yo, you want him to do this, we'll be exercising, you know, like, little stuff like that, I wasn't in the best shape either, but I was like, we're gonna get down and do it, yeah, we need to do one and just laugh or whatever like that, but we would try to, you know, do something other than just be drinking and smoking and do some music, like, something more, you know, more creative um yeah so it just helped it just i don't know for me it was just like being around them it made me have to step up you know um it just i don't know what happened it just it just made me have to step up. and then you know plus he was just like he was a big kid man he was a big kid he's always goofing off always playing and um and that was cool because when it came to music stuff i would be very very serious and I think I took a lot of the fun out of it by being so serious. And he brought a lot of the fun back. But it was like kind of a, it was kind of balancing, mm-hmm. right? Because then he needed some of that, that seriousness, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, I remember even like one of the first times that we rocked the, 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 the bigger stages and stuff like that. And then it's like even encourage him to like, yo, go, like, yo, okay. We got this show, and he's like, he doesn't want to really step in front of the crowd. And I, remember, I think you even got a little bit upset, like, what do you mean you're not going to take your time and do your song or whatever? And the thing. <laughs> but it was like, you know, just like, he's like the first person that I had in my life on music thing that I actually had to push. Because I never really worried about that when anybody, most of the people are like my age or older, and they have their opinions. But he was like the person that I had to watch out for until I could no longer watch out for him. Because there was a point that he became a man. Right. And he was going to, you know, do what he was going to do regardless. <coughs> so, you know, and it just, that, yeah, I'll never forget that thing when you, you called. You know, and so I guess the, the circling back, I guess what I wanted to ask you was like, with all that happening, how did you go on, like, if you weren't telling anybody and you weren't letting out, like, how did you go on day to day, like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I can only imagine, if, if, if things are happening like that, and it's that serious, it's like, you don't really want to do anything. I mean, I, you don't want to do shit. You just want to sit around and just like, and but things have to get done. So it's like, I mean, I mean, what do you just do? Just like, you know, put up your bootstraps or like, you know, like punch walls or like... No, I mean... <clears throat> A lot of a lot of the things that I was doing was doing doing stuff for other people. Um, I was less likely to, to take care of me, but more likely to, to do what I had to do because I had made commitments to other people. Other people were relying on me to do X, Y, and Z. So that that kind of kept me going. Then there was the the part where I was still trying to save him. You know, so he would be he would be in Florida in rehab, and. You know, so now he would be finished with a rehab and have to go to uh, a halfway house for sober living. Um, he would be responsible for getting a job. He, they, you know, he'd get in the, the sober house or, or halfway and they'd give him like two weeks to get a job. I would have to, you know, between me and my mom, whoever, we would have to pay the, the deposit and, and the first two weeks rent or whatever for the place. He would have to get a job. So then it's the phone calls trying to get him to get a job. But it's also the fact that he has to supply his own food and everything. So now it's like, all right, 
I'm not sending him cash. You can't send him cash. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Wow. So then it's like, all right, we try got to try and do gift cards or whatever so he can get food or, you know, uh, send stuff, uh, you know, through uh, through Walmart or something like that so he can get food and get, get the things that he needs, toiletries, uh, you know, underwear and shoes, and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. So just trying to make sure that I take care of all this stuff for him so he doesn't have to worry about it. All he has to worry about is getting a job because then he can take care of this stuff himself. You know, and you know how allergic that boy was to work. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember when he was staying with you, I was like, yo, don't give me this crap. You can't get no damn job, yo. You're not going to be doing music off your dad's dumb. I remember like, yo, go up the street to the liquor store. You go, I don't got a car. I was like, yo, there's this up the street. There's that other street. I was like, well, you're going to get exercise and you're going to get a job. Like, because it's right down there. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. I don't know where he got that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, right. Because meanwhile, you're like working your ass off. I always, I always, I don't know where he got that from. Not working, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So he would just. He, I don't think he ever got an actual job in, in Florida or anything like that. Um, you know, I was gonna ask you. Did you ever just stop for a second, just like after everything is happening, like and stop and take time for you, just like. Cause it doesn't sound like you ever just stopped. You was like your way of like therapy in a sense was like helping other people. But did you ever just stop and like, yo, I got to turn it off. Everything just a day, a week or two weeks, a month. Like did, did that ever? I didn't make, I didn't make a, a conscious decision, but there was a lot of times after he passed, there was a lot of times it'd be, you know, before I knew it, it'd be three and four days where I didn't leave my house, didn't leave the bed. Um, and uh, and that'll still happen. I still have days where it's just like I'm not doing anything, I'm not doing anything, and um, you know, between just the fact that you know he's on my mind all the time anyway. You know, a song will come on, a show will come on, um, whatever it is that that'll make me think of him. Uh, you know, somebody asked me a question. Uh, memories on Facebook, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, most of the time I'm good with it. You know, I, you know, some people don't want to talk about them. I'm happy to talk about them. I love talking about them. Um, but, uh, you know, but there's sometimes where, you know, the sadness gets the better of me, you know, and I, I, I do miss them. You know, I do miss them. But, uh, I've always tried to keep at it and, getting involved with, with some of the the addiction groups and things like that I think it has been helpful and, and you know I, I spoke at an overdose awareness thing and, and there's, that, there's uh, overdose awareness day is uh, August 31st so we have some things coming up I mean pretty much everywhere in the country they're doing stuff but that's that's the day um, so I'm going to be in I'm going to be in Old Bridge this year I did South Amboy last year but um being a part of that and being able to to talk to people and help people through it helps me because, like I said, when that, when it's happening to me, I ain't no shit about this stuff. Right. You know, so to see people having to go through it and be where I was, that's hard. It's hard. You don't, you know, I don't want anybody to ever feel like that. You know, so I'll, whatever I can do, I'll talk to whoever, whatever I can do to, to help them, you know, to help them try to save their kid, to help them try to save their their, their loved one, you know. 
It's um, it's the very least that I could do, and it's what Pierce was doing. So I guess um, you're how old? You know what? Before I ask you, it's like so you you're part of different groups. Yeah. Just, and speaking about addiction to young folks or old folks, or does it matter to everybody? everybody. Well, I mean. The, the thing that I did in South Amboy last year was it was for the you know anybody that came for the community of, of South Amboy, um, and it was cool because uh, I spoke, uh, a mother spoke that had just lost her son. You know, the, uh, she lost her son I think in May. Uh, Pierce uh, lost Pierce in February. She lost her son in May. And I thought I was like I can't I can't even believe because she spoke before me and I couldn't believe she held it together, um, but uh, but just talking to everybody, you know, because even if you know even if your family is not dealing with it directly, you know, in your extended family, somebody's probably dealing with it in one way or another, whether they're the addict, whether they they know an addict that's close to them, or you know. But somebody that somebody that you know, somebody that you work with, somebody is dealing with this shit, you know. And that's why we keep having issues where people are like, "Yo, I, like my my kid just lost three friends this week." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like a bad thing. Like it's a really really epidemic out here, and especially with like young kids. They're even yeah. like younger, younger, and younger. Younger all the time. And you know when it was happening, I, and I would. I would get angry with Pierce and I would tell him, like, I, I don't want to have to bury you. Even when I was saying that, like, I never in a million, like, I just thought that was a good threat. That's a good line. That's going to get, that's going to get him to turn around. You know what I mean? And I never thought it would have happened. Never, ever, ever. Never thought it, it, it could actually happen. Um, but, but then, you know, you start seeing, my kids have gone to more funerals for their friends. I've gone to more funerals for my kids' friends than I've gone for for my friends. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, God crazy. It, it's 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 frustrating. It's, it's sad, and you and you you feel helpless. You know, and you know, like you you would feel helpless. You know, for your own kid going through it, but you feel helpless because it's so many people. Yeah. It's so many people, and it's just it's. And it's sad because it's kind of the norm now, where when it was happening to me, you know, I was blissfully ignorant. I didn't know anything about it, but now I know all too well about it, and I see so many people going through it, and that's sad. But you think maybe, maybe it, it, how you say you're blissfully ignorant, maybe it's like, maybe you're just more aware now. Maybe oh, too. Well, yeah, way more aware now. Yeah. Way more aware. If you could say something to anybody that's out that's gonna listen to it like with everything that you went through like i don't know if it's a mother or father so that would like what would you tell them i mean you know maybe a, a, a word would help somebody listening like i mean i mean there, there are things that people say there are things that people say um in the in the recovery groups and the you know in rehab groups and it's like you know where there's life there's hope and sometimes it sounds cheesy, but it's true. You know what I mean? If you have someone that's in active addiction, um, when they if they get to the point where they realize that they want to get help and they want to get clean, there there's hope. They they can get it done. Um, you know the unfortunate thing with Pierce, he was at 104 days clean, and he was 
he was helping people. He had gotten out of rehab. He was helping people. People were calling him all the time, and I'd hear him on the phone. You know, no, don't, you know, don't go out for that one last time. Don't go out for that one, that one last time could be the last time. Don't, you know, and there were people at his, at his memorial, people came up to me. I was like, yo, your son saved my life. You know, a couple of different people. And, um, you know, you have to, the addict is the only one that can do it. You know, if, if you could, if you could wish them or will them to do it, Pierce would be here with us now. Right. You know, if, if, you know, you wouldn't have let him die if there was something you could have done. I wouldn't have. You know what I mean? But it's only the addict that can do it, and it's hard. It, it takes a lot, and um, you know. So when they have that slip, uh, all you can do is is do your best to be there and support it. And you know, you try the tough love thing, yeah. and you, you try every everything you could possibly think of. Everything. You know, we. This fight, everything we've been, we we went through it, you yeah. know. So, that you know what, and that's the scary part because there is no right or wrong answer. Like you can approach it with like extreme caution and love, and may or may not work, or you can go just like straight thunder, like yo, what the fuck are you doing? And you know, and. You know, but I think the the most unfortunate thing too is, and I think a lot of people don't realize how bad the addicts feel. You know, um, another thing I think we we talk about in recovery is the fact that the addict is not the person that you love. The addict is, is this that's an evil entity that's inside the person that you love, and that takes over. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, They don't like it just like you don't like it. They don't like what they've become. They don't like what they're doing. They don't like they don't like lying to their loved ones. They don't like stealing from their loved ones. They don't like letting people down. They don't like not being there for their kids. But the problem with that is, is that it's a vicious cycle. They already feel bad, which is pretty much why they're using it in the first place. And now that they're feeling extra bad about themselves because they're using and they're letting other people down, they're probably just going to use again. So... It's really a matter of them learning how to deal with things in their life, and right. and, and and that's what the, that's what recovery is all about, and that's why it's a it's a lifelong process. You know, there are people that there's no such thing as an ex addict. You know what I mean? Right. Right. There's there's an addict that that's not active for five years, ten years, twenty years, but there's not ex addicts. I mean, that's I mean that's. And, um, well, I like I said, I wanted to talk to you about this. I guess it's a big thing. Um, the next time we talk, we're going to lighten up the mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, because, you, you know, you're the man that lights up the room. You know, <laughs> all right? So, but, yo, I mean, yo, thank you for opening up about it. Anytime, anytime. You know, and I'm hoping that it helps. I'm hoping that it helps somebody hearing it. No, me too, because he doesn't have a voice anymore. You know, so that's part of it too. Because I got to, I got to do, I got to do what he would have done. 